Throughout the years of Jesus' ministry, he's been bit by bit and in different ways revealing what it is he's really coming to do through his healings, through his teachings, through the way that he's going about with people. But when he turns up in Jerusalem, he makes it very clear. He's saying that I am the one to bring salvation to the people of Israel, and this is the time that I'm coming to do it. And the people pick it up because he does so in their language. He enters Jerusalem from the right direction, riding the right animal in accordance with you know, the prophecies and the way that God has spoken about the Messiah and these events that are going to take place in Jerusalem. So they understand the language that Jesus is showing through the, the symbols of his actions. They also respond in their own language as well. They, they cry out, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord, echoing many of those prophecies and the Psalms and the prayers that they've had. They cry out, Hosanna to the son of David, because that carries so much meaning about how God is going to bring about this plan of redemption. Now, we also join with them in recognizing today that, that this week in these events, as Jesus enters Jerusalem, that he's bringing about our fulfillment. He's, he's bringing all things to become right, to be completed and fulfilled. But as I, I want to talk about that in the homily today, but I was wrestling with how to speak about it because we can say salvation or we can say the kingdom of God or fullness of life. There's many different ways to talk about this, this grace of, of making all things right. But I couldn't find one phrase to kind of settle on because I, I want something that speaks to you and I want something that resonates with my own experience. And so I, I, I was thinking that it might be good for us to, to think of what that fulfillment, what that hope and desire really looks like in us. What, what is it that you're hoping and desiring for when you think about God bringing all things to be completed or made right or fulfilled? Perhaps terms like salvation or redemption or the kingdom of God resonate with that for you. Perhaps it's something like peace or love or freedom that speaks to that hope in your heart. Perhaps something like a sense of being brought to be at home or the glory of God or heaven or paradise. I want to give you a moment to think about that and, and pick something that expresses what your hope is for the, for the grace that God is bringing. Think about those, those words and, and the word that you would want to use to, to hold that hope that you have in the Lord. When I talk about this for the rest of the homily, I'm going to use the word freedom because that's something that really resonates with me when I think of what I, what I yearn for, that grace from the Lord that I really want. But you hold on to that word or that image, whatever it is that you've chosen now. Because the, the progression of today's readings kind of takes us from this moment of great joy, of realization that God is bringing about this completion, this fulfillment this freedom that I'm longing for, he's bringing it about now. But from the first gospel that we heard about the entry into Jerusalem, we've moved through the readings into the Passion, where Jesus enters into his suffering and he's arrested and sent to his death. And while the, the moment of joy and realization that happened out in the courtyard and when we were singing as we came in, 
that's really important. That's really important to, to take up, to celebrate the joy of what God's doing now. But it's also good to notice where he's leading us in that because we can think that if God's going to bring about our fulfillment, it'll, it'll just be a, a simple upward journey, whereas our readings have taken us to the Passion. And Jesus is journeying towards the cross. It's not exactly the way we expect that he would bring about this freedom that he's going to bring for us. And if we listen to what Paul says in our second reading today, it's from the letter to the Ephesians, it describes something of the shape of how God brings this about. This is, it's a hymn that existed even before Paul wrote this letter. So this is from the first years of Christianity. This is how people expressed this mystery of Jesus' death and resurrection. And I'll, I'll trace it through with you now. It begins, his state was divine. Jesus was with God, sitting on the throne in heaven, in perfect love and unity and all of that. But he didn't cling to that. He humbled himself and became human into the, the weakness and fragility of our existence. And then even in becoming human, he accepted suffering. He accepted death. He went to death on the cross, a most humiliating way to die. And therefore, from that, he rose again to new life, and he's exalted as Lord of all and brings forth that freedom, that life, that fulfillment of all things that he brings about for us. But it has this shape about it where he descends from his power and his authority and his security and just everything going well, he descends and empties himself and becomes weak and faces suffering and lets go of everything. And only after that does he then rise and new life springs forth. It's the one movement. This is, this is the shape of what we celebrate this week. This is that the cross and the resurrection are one event. The descent into suffering, in, into darkness of Jesus, and the light that breaks forth at Easter. This is why in our baptism it's one action, but we go down into the water and we come out again as a new creation with new life. And this is the shape through which Jesus wants to bring about this grace in our lives and we can recognize this kind of pattern in our life as well. You know, we go through some suffering and then out of that comes a new life or a new freedom or a new growth. If we're going to grow in some way, it often takes a, a persistence through challenge or through suffering. If we're going to discover something new, it often takes pressing into an uncomfortable or, um, you know, new boundaries, stepping into a new zone. It takes a, a letting go of something before we can find that new life. It, to enter into like the, the beauty of an intimate relationship, it takes that accepting and bringing our weakness, that vulnerability, which then brings forth the intimacy and the communion that we can find in relationships. And so our path to this freedom, this new life that God wants to bring, is not just straight upwards. This is, this is the, the way that we can, we can tend to want to short-circuit this process. When we're standing out in the yard and recognizing that, oh, Jesus is coming into Jerusalem to bring about our fulfillment, and it's like, great, let's just praise and enter into that fullness of life. 
And this is kind of what the disciples are thinking as well. We see that even at the Last Supper, they're talking about who's the greatest amongst them. It's like, oh, which one of us is going to have the best seat when we get into the kingdom of God and sit with Jesus on his throne? They're just wanting to rise to the glory, but Jesus says, no, it's about laying down your life and being a servant. And so too we can short-circuit the process by, by wanting to escape from our suffering. We see as we went into the, the Passion reading today, the events of Holy Thursday and Good Friday, the disciples are again and again wrestling against this process. They've, they've followed Jesus to the garden and he's about to be arrested. And then they're like, okay, yeah, yeah, you've been rejected by the leaders, that's enough. Now we can fight our way out with our swords and we'll rise to strength in that way. But no, Jesus is still going into the suffering. And even Peter then, as he's, he's wrestling with this crazy path that Jesus is going on, he thinks it's all too much and, and he can't walk that path anymore. He denies Jesus. But my invitation as we go into this week is to journey with Jesus to the cross on the way to the resurrection. I want to invite you to, to recognize what this, what this downward journey might look like for you at this time. There might be some aspect of suffering, some struggle, something that's just not being fulfilled in your life at the moment, some challenge or pain. I invite you to bring that into Holy Week as we journey on this shape with Jesus. And as, as I was inviting you to think about what the hope of Easter looks like for you, I'd imagine that the way you express that hope might also express some of the, the frustration or the, what's not fulfilled in your life. I know I, I said the word freedom expressed that for me. I can see definitely that that's coming out of, of ways in which I don't feel free. That's why I'm, I'm longing for that in that particular way. So I invite you to hold, hold this, this suffering, this struggle, whatever it is that you can identify in your life. And, and as we enter into Holy Week together, as we enter into these days of journeying with Jesus, just hold that with him as he enters into his suffering and you can meet him in yours. We hold on to the suffering. We also hold on to that hope that we carry, that Jesus is making all things right. And as we do that, as we go through this week, follow Jesus in the, the shape of these events, we want to meet him in, in the intimacy of Thursday night. We want to journey with him in the, the darkness of Friday with the, the silence of Saturday. And then we, we hope to share with him in the life, in the light, in the, the freedom that's going to burst out of the tomb at Easter. Hello, Father Dan here. If this homily has been helpful, there are a few things I'd love for you to do. Firstly, subscribe to this podcast or share this episode with someone who might find it helpful. And consider also helping us to expand our mission and reach out to more people by donating at stbenedicts.com.au forward slash donate, or you can click on the link in the podcast description. Thanks so much for joining us and have a blessed week.